If you have your Bibles, come with me to uh, Exodus uh, chapter 3. Uh, and um, as we... Oh, I know what I forgot. Um, so Chris Bove's going to teach next Sunday. Jared's going to teach. Then I'm going to be back. And we're going to pick up in John chapter 15 and carry that uh, to the end of the Gospel of John, probably sometime when, around when Advent starts. And so that's the teaching plan uh, going through the fall is to finish up uh, the Gospel of John. So this morning, come with me to Exodus chapter 3 and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning and Lord, we do pray as Dan already prayed, Lord, that you would really speak to our hearts, Lord, and, and that you would encourage us uh, in the things of God and that you would give us a greater passion for Christ, uh, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to share with you this morning something personal before we come back and finish up the Gospel of John. I was reading in my daily devotions, which I'm a fan of, by the way. I think doing daily devotions and starting your day with God's word and prayer is one of the most helpful things that you can do to prepare yourself for the day, but also to allow yourself to have a relationship with God, to allow God to speak with you. It's, it brings you close to him, as we're going to find out in John chapter 15, that we abide in the vine, we abide in Christ. It's also transformational. Not only is it relational, but it's transformational. It changes our heart and our disposition towards life and the things that come along uh, during our day. I found frequently that my daily devotion in a unique way prepares me for something that is going to happen that I have no idea that's going to happen, but it prepares me spiritually to engage that topic. It is it is, and sometimes it absolutely will blow your mind. Now, Exodus chapter 3, 1 through 6, was a text that I had to drill down on and to do some study to prepare to teach for John chapter 15. Let me read you this text. We've talked about it a little bit the last time we were together. Talked about Exodus chapter 3, and in the context of the Gospel of John, Jesus had seven I am statements. And this text helps us to understand the importance of Jesus making that statement, I am, because he was making a claim to be who? He was making a claim to deity, making a claim to be God. Let me read you just six verses of this chapter, and then I'm, I'm going to uh, ask you a couple questions. So Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. It says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness, and he came to Horab, the mountain of God. Verse 2. 
and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire. Now, this is called, a technical word, this is called a theophany. And a theophany is where God appears and he can appear as an angel. In this case, he's going to be a, a, a flaming fire, which he's going to speak out of and an angelic presentation. We know that a theophany, we can see it throughout the book of Exodus. We know that Jacob wrestled with who? An angel, which was a way that God manifested himself to Jacob. And we know what happened to Jacob. You know, he touched his thigh and always walked with a limp because God was teaching him lessons. So this is a theophany where God is going to reveal himself and he's going to teach some lessons. Come back to the text with me. Verse 3. Verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see... God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and, and Moses' response is literally, it's me, it's me, Lord. And the Lord saw that he turned aside and called, called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here am I, verse 5. Then he said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, God said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. After I read this, and, and drilling down on the I am aspect, I said this. I said, Lord I've been through a lot the last couple years. I've been through social turmoil and political unrest, and, and more is coming, by the way, if you haven't figured that one out. Political unrest and, and Lord, the whole COVID thing, you know, mask, unmask, mask, turn around three times and wear two masks. Lord, the whole thing is completely unnerving. And then we have the roller coaster of the economy. I said to the Lord, literal prayer, Lord, can we have like a sit down? Can't you give me like a theophany? Like, I won't take up much of your time. How about just like five minutes? You know, you've done it over and over again. Could you just, could you just talk to me? How many have prayed a prayer like that? Yeah, we all, we all prayed a prayer like that. If I could just, it, when life floods us, we all, I'll speak for myself, I just want to meet God at Starbucks and have a coffee and ask him, what is going on? And why is it going on? And why does it involve me? 
We, we all want those answers. So I prayed that prayer, just that simple prayer. Lord, could I have a sit down with you? Would you talk to me? Would you speak to me? And I said, of course, I closed my prayer in the name of his son, Jesus. Right? So in the name of Jesus, and what else comes after that? Amen. And I let it go. Several days later, I'm doing my daily devotions. And you guys know I use InTouch, and I have the app on my phone, and, you know, everybody loves Charles Stanley. I love Charles Stanley. You know, I wish Charles Stanley was my, you know, my grandfather, you know, I just adore him, you know, there's nothing to hang on and go, oh, that is so cool. I wish I could know that. And so I'm reading my daily devotional on Friday morning, and guess what, guess what the text is? Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And I was like, that's really cool. And Stanley in his devotional, says this, quote, I'm quoting him, as Christians, we expect the Holy Spirit to direct us through prayer and scripture. We all say amen? Amen. Through prayer and scripture. But at times, God chooses to intervene more directly in our life. Here it is. Moses saw a burning bush. Samuel heard a voice in the night. Saul of Tarsus was knocked off his horse, blinded. God spoke to him. Many others were warned through dreams and, and, and visions. And I said, oh, Lord, I want that. And I prayed again, Lord, speak to me. So my day goes on. I, did, I had a busy morning, delayed my run about noontime, getting ready to go for a run, and I get a text from one of my friends. You have to listen to this podcast. It's amazing. Bill Holdridge is talking. So I said, okay, I'll listen to it on a run. And what do you think it was on? Exodus? Chapter 3, 1 through 6. And I was, at that point, just a little curious. Like, did he hear me? You ever, ever had that feeling? Does the Lord hear my prayer? Does the Lord know I'm here? Is the Lord concerned about me? And I was like, wow. But because I'm Irish... And a little slow. I know you guys are a little faster than me. So at the end, of, <laughs> this is great. At the end of the day, I'm opening my mail. I say, oh, there's a letter here. And I open the letter, and it's a word of encouragement, exhortation, and it's based upon Exodus chapter 3, <laughs> 1 through 6. Light shines on Marblehead. I like, and Nancy's standing next to me and I go, Nancy, you're not going to believe this. God is speaking to me. <laughs> and 
I go back to Exodus 3 with faith. Go back to Exodus chapter 3 with faith to these verses. And I say with all my heart, Lord, what do you want to speak to me out of your word? Because I have a listening heart. And what I want to share with you this morning is there's, there's seven of them that the Lord spoke to me. You say, well, why is there seven? Because I originally had five and worked at really hard getting two more, so I had the number of perfection. So. There in your notes, I won't cover all of them. But I went back to the text with faith. Went back to the text with hope that the Lord heard my prayer and wanted to speak to me. Let me say parenthetically, that is the value of a daily devotional life. Is that we come before the Lord before our day starts and we say, Lord, I have a listening heart. I'm coming to your word with faith. It's the message that we'll learn about in John chapter 15. That is what it looks like to abide in him, to rest in him, to draw our life from him, and to express our dependence upon him in prayer. And so he came back to the text with faith that God does speak. I came back to the faith with, came back to the text with, God has heard my prayer. He knows where, He knows my stuff. God knows your stuff. Let me share a few insights or a few aspects of grace that God spoke to my heart. I hope they touches knocks on the door of your heart and says, I know, I know what's going on in your life. I'm concerned about you. David says this in Psalm 27, 13. David says, I, I, would, I would have fainted. I would have stumbled unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So I'm going to do this. I'm going to wait for God. Exodus 3, verse 1. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. What's so significant about this? What can we learn from grace from this? is that grace does this. Grace comes to greet us in the midst of ordinary faithfulness in life. To receive the grace of God, to receive God's affirmation, grace comes and kisses, grace comes and greets those that are faithful in the ordinary things of life. Was Moses doing anything extraordinary? No. Matter of fact, Moses was on a second chance vocation. 
Moses lost his first job. Why? Because he tried to take matters into his own hands. He tried to be powerful. He tried to be mighty. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 2. And he slew the Egyptian, and Pharaoh was going to execute him. So in despair, he flees. And what we see Moses doing is simply being faithful to where God had called him or what God had called him to do. And grace came and found him. Because as we read the context, God is purposeful and intentional and he is going to speak to Moses. The thing, the takeaway for me, maybe it could be for you too, is that when life comes like a flood, stay faithful in the hidden and in the obscure things that God has called you to because he sees you and he will dispense grace in your life. In my life, the most important thing that I am called to do is unseen by any of you. The most important thing that God looks at at Ed Conway's life and determines whether he's faithful or not is that it's obscure, you're not going to see it, you won't know about it, and it has to do with this. There's only one thing in my life that no one else can do, and that's to love my wife. No one else can do that for me. I can't hire you to do it. I can't ask my grandchildren to do it although they do love her, all eight of them. I can't ask my adult children to to love my wife. My job is to love my wife like Christ loves the church, and that is the point of faithfulness. What's your point of faithfulness? I guarantee you it's not on a platform. I guarantee you it's not public. I guarantee you it's not something that can be seen or measured from the outside because it truly tests your heart. And Moses come to the place where where he was was simply a shepherd, simply doing a job, but he was doing it from the heart and he was doing it faithfully and grace found him. If you're in a tough place in life and life has overwhelmed you and life has, you know, been nasty. If you stay faithful to the simple things, things that can't be seen, the things that only you can do, the things that God has called you to do, grace has a way of finding you. Take a look at Exodus chapter 3. Look at verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. Like, I know nothing about desert bushes. Can you say yes to that? Amen. The only thing I know about desert bushes is what I've read. So I'm no expert. But what I've read is that a bush that burns in the desert is an ordinary occurrence. No big deal. But here's what grace does. Grace takes something that's so ordinary it happens 
does something extraordinary. Connect the two points. As you're faithful in the hidden things, the obscure things, the ordinary things, God takes those ordinary, simple, like love your wife, takes those simple, ordinary things, and he does something extremely extraordinary out of the midst of them. Like one, he changes your heart. Makes you more lovable, more kind, more compassionate. Take a look at the text with me. In the midst of the ordinary, something extraordinary happens, and there's a progression. I'll give you the point, and then I'll show you the progression. So the point of grace is to access grace, and I'll, I'll unpackage it in the text in a moment, to, to access grace, all you need to do is to be available. To access all the grace of God, you don't need to work for it. You don't need to strive for it. You don't need to beg God for it. All you need to do is like, how many took a shower this morning? Yeah, like a third of you. The rest of you, take a shower before you come to church. No, just, <laughs> just joking with you. But when you, when you took a shower this morning, did you go, oh, come out, ah, come out? Well, if you live in Lowell, you might have done that, but I didn't do that. I mean, the, the water, you know, just turn it on, boom, it comes out. You get, you get under it, boom, it's there. That's grace. That's what it looks like. All you need to do is say, Lord, I'm available. How do you make yourself available? Well, seeing I'm drilling down on this, you make you available when you get up in the morning, before you get on with your day, you say, Lord, would you speak to me through your word? And Lord, can I express my heart to you in prayer? You do that every day. God, let me pull a phrase out of the early part of the teaching. Grace will find you. Grace will find you. And God will speak to your heart. How do I know that from this text or this little section of the text? Is look at the progression. Moses did this. He looked. So, oh, wow. He looked. Then he it went a step deeper. Do you see the, the verbs there? Not only did he look, he did what? What's the second one? He beheld it. He beholded it. He, he, said, he said, wow. But he didn't stop there. He didn't look at his watch and say, oh, burning bush, uh, it's, it, it's almost noon. It's lunchtime. I can't, can't deal with this. Sheep, take a break. I'm going to go help. He, didn't do, he did what? What was, what was the disposition of his heart? He was available for God to speak to him. He had a listening heart. Did I read Exodus 3 before? Yes. Did I drill down it in an academic way to find out what I am is and all the permutations of that? Yes. But did I have a listening heart to hear what God wanted to speak to me? No. Did I have faith? No. I was in a, 
academic exercise. Moses looked, behold the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will be available. I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And what was the Lord's reaction to Moses' availability? He pours out grace, says, Moses, buddy, I am your God. And then God unpackages all that that means for Moses. Then he said, verse 4, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, he said, here am I. And then you have the most remarkable outpouring of grace, which I believe is the, the whole purpose of the encounter here. God says to Moses, you have been available and I am going to pour out grace in such a way that it, it's just going to transform your life. It's going to bring you into a relationship with me. I'm going to issue promises that I'm going to stand behind, promises that are going to stand behind. And man, wait till you get to Pharaoh and you throw your staff down. And then wait till you get to the Red Sea. It's going to be the closer on the deal. Wait. What did the Lord do? Grace prompts us to step in to all that we have in God. Grace prompts us to not be afraid, to step into all that we are in Christ. Look at the text with me. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, verse 5, then he said, do not come near, take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground, and God said, I am. Grace draws us to a place of worship. Grace draws us to a place of holiness. Grace draws us to have faith to step into all that we are in Christ. All the identity that we're adopted, that we're loved, that nothing can remove us from the Father's love. Nor height, nor death, nor things present, nor things to come, nor anything in all creation can ever. Now that's a really good Baptist preaching, so you can say amen to that. Amen. There we go. Now calm down. Grace prompts us to step in to all that we are in Christ. Do you know that when we do that, 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all the promises of God find their yes in Jesus. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God 
for his glory. When we step into who we are in Christ, when we step into the promises where grace prompts us to walk a holy life, we access all the promises that we have in Christ for the glory of God and not for us. Do we benefit from it? Absolutely. But it's to God's glory. Let's end where we started from. Is there a time in your life where you said, God, I need a sit down. I need to hear your voice. I need you to affirm me. That was me. I didn't expect anything, but God knew what I needed. As you and I are faithful in the ordinary things of life, know this one truth. Grace will find you. God will find you. And he will strengthen you. He will encourage you. He will equip you. And he will give you promises for your life that will sustain you until you hear this voice. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter in. Step into all that I prepared, the inheritance I prepared for you. If life has come and swamped your boat, stay faithful, stay available, and God's grace will find you. Amen? We get to close uh, with the Lord's table this morning. Uh, Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Lord's table.